0: Everyone and welcome to another delightful episode of Cisco Champions Radio. Today we are thinking about design and discussing design thinking. (laughs) Uh, I am Lauren Friedman Albert, your host, also known on the twitters as Lauren, and I actually remembered my Twitter handle this time, so brownie points for me. Um, Let's let's start off with uh, our our Cisco expert, Edwin. Who are you? What do you do?
1: Hey, Lauren. Glad to be here. My Yay. name is Edwin Zhang. I'm leading, I'm leading content development, user experience design, and also application development team at Cisco DevNet.
0: Fantastic. Paul, who are you and what do you do?
1: I am Paul Giblin. I'm a Presidio
2: Distinguished Engineer, a CCIE a DevNet creator since 2018. I help my customers uh, figure out what the right solutions are for their environments.
0: Awesome. Jose, who are you? What do you do?
3: Hey, I'm Jose Bogarin. I'm the head of engineering at Altus, a Cisco partner based in San Jose, Costa Rica. I basically do software development and networking implementations all day long. Fantastic. It's been exciting for sure.
0: And Mateus, last but not least, who are you? What do you do?
4: Hi, Lauren. Uh, I'm Matthias Prokop. I am the principal architect in Natylic. Uh You will find me on Twitter at Mati0609. Uh, I've been working in networking for many years, but the last few years I'm working in Natilic, which is headquartered in London, um, mainly focused on the DevOps and software development and the network automation.
0: Fantastic. And Edwin, Paul, uh, Jose, do any of you have Twitter handles that you wish to share with the wide, wide world?
1: Of course. uh, My Twitter handle is Edwin underscore The Edge. Awesome. I am
2: at Dreamless OD.
3: And in my case is at Jose Bogarin.
0: Fantastic. I'm glad that we can now very easily internet stock y'all instead of having to use a search engine because that's just extra work. All right, Edwin, tell us, design thinking, are we going to be like reorganizing my office and like making everything match and like pretty colors and stuff?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. So design thinking is one of my favorite topics. Design thinking at its core is about the creative approach to problem solving. So um when there's a problem, it suggests to take a step back to see who are the people involved in the problems, understand their true needs. And the more we understand about people, there's a great opportunity that we can find there. we can find the best solution for them. So that's the essence of that is about empathy and that's a key of design thinking.
0: So without empathy you cannot design anything.
1: So when we're talking about design here, right, it's not limiting to graphic design or interior design or you know architecture. Yes, design. networks. It's yes, it's really taking the um the creative approach. So empathy is a key of that because every problem relates to people. Fantastic.
2: So Edwin, let, let's talk a little bit about how Cisco is using design thinking and what it really means. Lauren, you mentioned uh, networking as, as one thing, but uh, my, my first exposure to design thinking was actually in the DevNet zone. Uh, how is Cisco using design thinking?
1: That's a great question. At Cisco, we use design thinking for various situations. Um, one of that is um when there's an opportunity for defining a new product, right? And that's the an area that we start using design thinking, bring everyone together to understand who are the people involved, what is a key stake, who are the key stakeholders, and how can we better serve their needs. And also sometimes when we're looking at uh, the um the a great um, a, a, a release date of a product. We also started using design thinking to make sure we take all the learnings uh, into the next phase planning and to plan out the roadmap of the product. So that's uh, you know uh, two examples of where we're using design thinking. And uh, of course, you know, at Cisco, we have our own framework when we're trying to using design thinking. So we're basically looking at this as three stages. Uh, stage one is about the Discover stage two is define, and stage three is, is about explore. So each stage has a lot of tools involved in that. So that's basically how we're using design thinking at Cisco.
2: So you're using it to help uh, you know figure out what what different problems are. But what what are the processes you actually go through? What what is design thinking actually? What are you doing, and and how is it different from say brainstorming?
1: Yeah. So I think the key thing, right, is really focus on the people, putting people in the center of the problem. So um, the first phase, right, and we usually start with um, who are the key stakeholders, right, including users, right, including the operators, and including the sponsors, and then really understand what is their needs and what they see, what they do, what they um, think and feel, right. And based on that, it helps us to identify what are some of their pain points and opportunity areas. And then from that, right, and that's basically helping to build up the empathy, right? From that, we started to define among all these opportunities, which are the ones that we want to focus on, right? And that's about the second phase define. And after that, we will start to do brainstorming. So you can see the key is really not to brainstorming the uh, the solution to the problem right away. It's really by taking a step back to build the empathy about the user, about other stakeholders.
0: So is this like, you're like, oh, I have a problem I need to solve. I'm going to go discover all the people involved. And then when I go to define, I'm going to say, okay, I'm go- I need to rewrite the problem based on what I've discovered and the empathy I'm using. And then we can explore creating solutions. Because I feel like we're like talking about a problem twice in that series.
1: Yeah, I think um, in a brief way, it is about... Really focusing on the people, right? Understand who are the people, but there's a lot of approach, uh, a lot of method and tools that we can leverage to do that. For example, bring people from discipline, multi disciplines, bring people from different functions, right? To help um, putting all the insights about the user together. For example, there's a salespeople who has been interacting with a customer a lot. There's a lot of insight already built into that, right? And we want to take advantage of that. There's people in the supporting role being answering customer calls, right? And they have a lot of understanding about what is the issues that a customer complains a lot. And there's people who has been monitoring the technology trends, how that's going to help with the customer's business. So when we bring all these people together, right, that helps us to form an overall big picture of what is the true problems, what is the real needs out there.
4: So is there is there any template Edwin for it? Um, you know, like let's say I want to build a new product or I want to improve the product, which people I should get involved in this process? You know, is there any good practice for it? Is there any recommendation from you? Because like it could be ten people, but I can imagine in Cisco it can be like hundred people.
1: Yeah. So um, in our practices, most of the time right, it's around um less than thirty people. And, um, and because we can also break them into groups, so into each groups, usually the good uh, sweet spot is about five to eight people, right? And if you have, you, you can have like four or five different groups going on, right? And the key thing again is about bringing multiple functions and multiple disciplines into the workshop and making sure that we get a broad picture, right? And we have v- different perspectives towards the people and the problems.
4: So, so is it like you have multiple teams working on the same sort of the outcome and target, or you are keeping like multiple teams trying to solve the different areas, different challenges, and then sort of like collaborate together uh, and come with some solution or with some product? How does it
1: work? Yeah. So, um, I think there's uh, basically there's different ways to working on that. So um, one options is when we break people into multiple groups, right? And each group can focus on different persona, right? For example, there's a user, there's operator, there's a buyer, right? And we can have each group focus on that persona deep dive. And then at the end of that breakout session, we can bring everyone together and making sure that we all form a good picture of different stakeholders and different personas.
0: But do you ever think of the poor marketeer <laughs> as a persona.
1: said again. <laughs>
0: do you ever think of the poor marketeer as a persona? The marketing folks?
3: That's the first wonder actually. Oh, thank you God. Have okay, to market, God. You have to market what you're going to do. Yay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who needs need products? Yeah. Alan, can we take a step back and, and talk about this, the history of design thinking? I mean, was it invented by Cisco? Yeah. Is it something really new that started... Two years ago, something like that. That's
1: that's another very good question. So um, design thinking was um, defined as a methodology by Stanford University in 1980s. And then in 1990s, uh, the consultant company IDO basically taking that into the business practices. And today, most of their high tech companies and bigger companies are embracing design thinking, including Cisco. So um, it's not really invented here, um, but it's widely adopted. And the key reason of that is um, when we look at business problems, it's usually very complex, right? It involves multiple aspects and uh, around one problem. There's technical areas, right? There's people perspective, there's trends, there's the, um, the, the compliance, etc. cetera. And to solve that problems, that's why you need an, a creative approach to bring multiple disciplines and multiple functions all coming together to solve that. And that's where design thinking finds its use, right? In specifically in this scenario. Sorry, I, I was going to ask. Um,
2: you, you mentioned earlier that Cisco's using this, you said other large organizations are using this. Uh, is, is Cisco exposing customers to this or partners to this? How how are those groups of individuals taking advantage of design thinking?
1: Yeah, um, so there's uh, a lot of um, situations that we are involving partners and customers into design thinking practices. So um, one thing is, um, in the past, a lot of customers request a tool about Cisco um, Experience customer experience center, CXC, right, and also um, we'll do the um, uh, product overview, right, product roadmap review about some key Cisco product lines and technologies. But in the last couple years, what we've seen is some of the customer, they request to do a design thinking workshop in in addition to this roadmap reviews and CXC customer experience center tool, because they want to make sure having Cisco people also seeing what are the problems, what are the challenges they are facing. And then it'll give a better dialogue so that we can think about how can we leverage Cisco technology and Cisco product to help with their challenges and problems. So that's one area is started to combine with some of the customer visit and customer discussion. And the other thing is also um, we have some of the workshop Sessions we call the co-create workshop, co-creation workshops, and that's the areas we're working with some strategic customers and partners to to address some of the key areas using Cisco technology. And actually, in DevNet uh, our princip- our distinguished engineer Ashtosh is running the co-creation workshop. So that's another areas. And then the third one, basically, we're doing some of the design thinking workshops with our customers and, uh, and, and the users at different events, right, at, uh, at some of the, um, the workshop sessions as well. And that's basically for uh, ba- advocating and uh, evangelizing the approach that we're using in Cisco and share that with a broader community. So those are the three areas that we are engaging with our customers and partners leveraging design thinking.
4: So, Do you have your uh,
1: design thinking team in Cisco, you're saying? So that's a great question relates to how you oper- operationalize design thinking. And we see that in, um, in Cisco, there's different models to do that. So for example, in the uh, enterprise networking group, right, and they choose to build their own design thinking team in-house, and that team will help with a pro- product development process. So they work with engineers, they work with product managers, they work with uh, experienced designers, right? And uh, every step of the way, they're making sure design thinking is implemented in the product development process. As another option we see in some of their business units, they leverage external agency to help with, a product de- uh, with a design thinking sessions. For example, when there's a new product um, is planned in the roadmap, they want to do a kickoff. Right, and that's a part they also bringing in the external agency to help to coordinate and facilitate a design thinking workshop, bring different functions into the workshop and making sure people have that shared broad picture and when they're kicking off the product development process. So really like one model is building in-house teams. The other one is leveraging external resources. And we see both ways working perfectly in Cisco.
3: Can you talk a little bit about the book that Cisco has around design thinking?
1: Yes. Um, so we know that you know, um, there's, different, um, method- there's different framework and different tool sets out there for design thinking, right? As we mentioned, Stanford has their five-stage design thinking process, right? And other big companies has the tools and stages defined in their own way. And at Cisco, two years back, we also have multiple groups practicing design thinking, use tools and using different framework. And then at that time we feel it's um, there's a need to bring together and making sure that we are speaking consistent language. We are using consistent tools inside Cisco. And plus we see there's a unique needs of, um, in Cisco we've been using Lean Startup approach, Agile you know, pretty frequently, right? And we also want to make sure that is taken into consideration when we plan out the design thinking framework for Cisco. So um, a group of us coming together two years ago and uh, started to planning out what is Cisco's design thinking framework. And then we define that into three stages. Basically it's about discover, define and explore. And in each stage there's multiple tools available and we published that into a cisco design thinking book as well a website that people can go there find more materials and um those are the addition the, there are additional resources and tools that you can visit our design thinking website and you can also find the design thinking book at cisco store
3: so i can basically use it to to, you know, to start the design thinking practice at my company? I mean, is it a reference material for for doing it at my own company or doing it with customers or things like that?
1: Yes, so um, first of all, right, I, I think um, for the Cisco design thinking framework, you can just take advantage of that, right, and use that into your product, into your process, like, take the three stages and find out what is the right tools that you can use in each stage. Right. And secondly, um, we also have some of the sessions with our partners and that's the areas that you know, we can have that discussion and we can probably even identify what are the areas that we can have a co-hosted design thinking workshop together. Right. That's another opportunity that um, we can explore. Um, but basically the framework and the tools is already available in the book and in the website and you can just take advantage of that.
0: Is that the same as the field guide or was that sort of an older thing?
1: Uh, It's different from the field guide. Um, It's more focused on sharing what is the purpose of design thinking, right? What is, um, there's a lot of why behind yeah. that, like why you need to apply it. And also for each of the tools, actually there's a instructions and explanations on how to use it. So that part is very practical and operational.
0: Have we had an experience where we look at like, hey, here's two teams, we're gonna make them each do the same, or they each are gonna approach the same project problem but one is going to use design thinking, and one is just going to like do whatever it is that they normally do, and then see which one comes up with a better solution.
1: Uh, that's a very good experiment to do. Um, usually, we in the past, unfortunately, we haven't been, we haven't done any of that because usually, um, when we have a new project ready, right, we will decided, hey, you know, this is an area that it's uh, most of the time we feel it's really good for design thinking. So, and also, you know, in DevNet, specifically in our groups, we've been using that since day one. So there's already a good consensus that we want to take advantage of that. Um, but definitely that's a good experiment and research topic that we can compare and see what is the outcome by using and not using design thinking.
0: All right. Anyone who's listening to this podcast for whatever reason, if you're like a teacher who has like a first or second grade class and is willing to like do a random experiment with me and I have absolutely uh you know no authority to to do any such thing i'd be dying to i would love to try this out and i'll give all the kids candy which is totally terrifying anyways go back guys (laughs) paul i think you had something you like we're like shaking with like what the hell's wrong with you lauren
4: Uh, this this is uh
2: this is one of the things that uh, gets me real excited um I, i guess practically speaking Edwin, I'd like to hear about some of the tools. So we've talked, uh, I think, a lot about the why and high level. Uh, help the folks who are listening understand where the rubber meets the road. What are the tools that are baked into, you know, the first step, the second step, the third step? What kind of outcomes can I expect when I'm all done? Why, why would I go after doing a an activity like this or a series of activities like this?
1: Awesome. Let's dive in. So um, the first step, right? The first stage is about is about discover. So um, when we're looking at this stage, there's multiple tools usually we use pretty frequently. The first one is a stakeholder map. So basically to understand who are the different stakeholders in this problem space. For example, if we're talking about a retail store owner wants to expand his retail store across the country and then planning out what should be the right infrastructure and technology roadmap to support that. Right, and in this scenario, there's multiple stakeholders that we need to pay attention, right, and there's definitely you know i t managers there's the store managers who are doing the operations of the store, there's business owners there's end users who are coming to the store right to buy and shop the products, so each of them has very distinct mindset and have very distinct needs so those are the areas that stakeholder map st- stakeholder map can help us to see who are the people involved in this scenario and making sure that we don't left any key stakeholders behind. And then for each of the stakeholders, we can move from the stakeholder map to the empathy map. And that's a part we start to building the empathy towards this user, right? uh, It usually includes what they see, what they do, what they feel and think, as well as what are the pain points and what are the gain points for them. So those are a couple of the tools in the discover phase that we use a lot to help people build up the empathy towards the end users, towards different personas, right? And another thing that we want to mention here is um, when you use these tools and using these uh, templates, it's actually another great way to share the insights towards the user across different teams, across different functions, right? So each of the people, each of the uh, function has been doing a lot of interactions and also build a lot of insight about the different users and stakeholders. Using these tools, it helps help to consolidating all this knowledge for the whole team and making sure we see this in high level and get the full picture. And then when we move to the second phase, that's a part we are facing, there's a lot of opportunities that we come up with from the first phase, right? And because every stakeholders, there's some problems that want us to solve for, There's areas that they prioritize that we can help them to achieve their goal. So there's a lot of opportunities listed, and that's a part that we want to make sure we define the problem in the right way. So that with limited resources and limited time, we can focus and address that as a joint team, right? And that's a part that we can use tools like dot voting. Everyone get a dot to vote. What are the areas that you want to focus on? Or you can also pair people up to do a little activity like um, buy a feature. So each team has two persons, and then you give them some virtual currency, right? and ask them to use a virtual currency to buy the solutions to these problems. And this force them to discuss as business partners why they want to choose one over the other. So in this way you can encourage some small group discussions and also helps to see the problem from different perspective
0: so they're voting and, with their wallets <laughs> essentially
1: yes <laughs> yes so um, and then we move to from the second phase to the third phase is about explore and that's a part we started prototyping coming up with different ideas and also validating with the users and that's overall tied into a very iterative process because we may not get it right in the beginning, but the key is every step of the way, we are getting closer to the solution, to the ideal solution. So that's basically a high level summary of um, what are the common tools that we're using at each stage.
4: Is there any good practice, like how much time you need to spend in each of these phases? So let's say, you know, like, you know, should I spend more time in Discover or should I spend more time in the Explore phase? Are there any recommendations?
1: Usually it also varies from teams to teams. And as we mentioned earlier, the key thing is about empathy, right? So um, most of the time that we, spend more time around the first phase and second phase, just making sure we have the full picture about the people, about their needs, and also we're fully aligned on the same page about which problems that we want to focus on. So um, I think the design thinking workshop can be carried out in a full day. I also, in some of the design thinking workshop that we took a whole week, right, to do different phases in multiple days, and making sure that people are fully aligned, come up with something really actionable, or sometimes even with uh, working code at the end of the workshop. So um, it really varies, depends on the problems, and also depending on the teams.
2: Edwin, you you keep mentioning empathy uh, over and over as central to this process. Um, I don't know necessarily, not to knock anybody, but I don't know that uh, traditional uh, network folks, collab folks are, are the most empathetic uh, in the world. Uh, what, what kind <laughs> of uh, individuals would you see leading workshops like this?
1: That's another great question. Um, we see different options that people using uh, design thinking in that daily working practice. Some of the time we see Product managers is taking a leader role to coordinating the uh, other design thinking practices and help people to drive in building up the empathy and building up the activity. And um, some of the times we see designers, user experience designers, is help to facilitating and organizing design thinking workshops. And also in some of the very technical focused design thinking workshops, we see technologists can also step up Right, and to take the role and leading the activity. So um, really, we've seen multiple functions and multiple roles that help to lead the design thinking workshop, not really tied into one specific role. Um, but one thing I want to mention is um, there's a great opportunity for our engineers and technologists today. Right? One thing is um, business is evolving technology is at the center of the business right some of the business is building on top of their mobile apps on, um, on top of the technologies and this is an area that our technologists can play a bigger role and create a bigger impact towards today's business so that's an area that we see combination of technical skills and the consultative skills like design thinking can help to address a lot of business challenges and create great outcome. And the other thing is, um, even we're looking at today's product development process, there's a lot of decisions has been made at technical, at technology, at, uh, for uh, a lot of decisions has been made by technologists at each stage of the phase. For example, when we build a technical product, there is, APIs and data model need to be defined. Some of these are public APIs, some of these are private APIs. right? Not every, not every API and data model will be um, sending out for a user testing before we release a product. So a lot of these situations, if we help our technologies and developers to build up the empathy about the end users thinking about how other developers is going to use their APIs and data model. Overall it helps to increase the product success and also it helps to provide a better experience for our product. So um, encouraging all the technologies to, to taking a design thinking approach it can help our product better serve the customer and end users. So, so the, the knowledge about the design thinking, does it really need to be like
4: every single person in these workshops know, you know, and understand what is the design thinking or you think it's just fine if someone who's leading these workshops, it's familiar. And, you know, that's the expert in the design thinking and the rest of the team can just sort of kind of like brainstorm or like, you know, helping to do the market research and stuff. What is, you know, what is the usual profile of those people in the workshop?
1: Yeah, definitely, it works much better if um, more people in the workshop are familiar with the design thinking, or we call our design thinkers. Um, but also, it's not necessary for everyone to have that knowledge. As long as we have, you know, key let's like key, key roles in the workshop possess the technology possess the understanding and knowledge. For example, the facilitators, um, has to be a really experienced design thinker. Right. And then when we break out into different group discussions, we want to make sure in each group, there's a couple design thinkers at least to help to facilitate some of the discussion and moving along of the process and being able to use a tool uh, correctly, etc. So that overall helps the efficiency and effectiveness of the workshop.
3: Okay. i I just gonna say oh just to give you a, a bit of a break, do you have a question for us for Paul Matthias and me? For Paul. Not for
1: Matthias, only for Paul.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one thing actually um I want to um all of uh one thing one question I have for each panelist is you are experienced uh, design thinking, right? And what's your view about design thinking? Where do you think it uh, can help? And what are the challenges you're facing in the past? Maybe we can start from Paul. What's your view about design thinking? So I,
2: I've used design thinking internally at Presidio to help with coming up with ideas on uh, what to contribute to an internal contest we have called Shark Tank. Uh, it's similar to the TV show and the idea inside Presidio is to get our engineers uh, thinking about programmability in new and different ways, and uh, it's, it's incentivized. Um, so, you know, it's it's a competition. Everybody is uh, going out and they're coming up with ideas, building uh, them around uh, typically Cisco product, uh, pulling together different APIs, bringing them together, and then, uh, you know, trying to show how those things can benefit Presidio customers or can optimize internal Presidio processes, etc. cetera. So uh, I've, I've gone through design thinking workshops to help come up with solutions that I've designed and submitted as part of that, that competition. And I found them to be uh, very helpful. Uh, it's certainly one thing to sit down uh, in a quiet place with a pen and a paper and sort of come up with ideas on your own that you think might be good. It's another thing entirely to sit down with a group of folks who are, you know, right up front with the challenges uh, that, that you're trying to design against and have them give you input, give you feedback and provide their contributions and help refine some of the initial ideas that you might have. So uh, I, I've been successful with that. I, you know, have uh, really enjoyed getting people together in a room and, uh, you know, going after this kind of stuff. And I think it's it's a pretty good approach.
1: Perfect. One thing I feel... Um... We have similar practices is um, in the past when we do some of the hack subs, right And usually the last phase, we're also trying to bring in some of the end users and real users into the last stage right and have them to judge hey what they feel about the solutions. and that also helps the, each team to build more understanding about seeing their ideas and solutions in real life serving the actual people that they are designed for. So, um, yeah, I like um what you just mentioned. I think we have similar practices here in Cisco, too.
3: One of the things that I like is actually like taking a break from your day to day activities and getting a little bit in that child mindset of, hey, everything's possible, you can create. It's not like, hey, I'm just an engineer, and I just think I need to talk about. Um, CLI and network and API so or I'm a marketer and the only thing that I need to talk about is how to do marketing or I'm from sales and I just need to uh, do my quotas stuff like that so one of the things that I really like about this is actually taking a group of people you know give them a break from their day-to-day activities and hey just you know getting that child almost child mindset to start thinking creatively how do you can actually approach this from different scenarios? How you can actually, again, using empathy, try to understand what your customers thinking or what their actually the goal is, because in that way you actually get more valuable feedback from everyone. It's not just the CEO or the CTO or the CIO of the company giving that solution that it's like almost have like you know having like a crystal ball that should solve everything, but the collaboration that you get from a group of people and, you know, having them in a more almost relaxed environment because some of those these workshops is almost like playing Monopoly or stuff like that. And that gets people more excited, more creative, and new ideas and more valuable ideas come out of it. Cool. I
4: actually find out that a design thinking workshop and a couple of beers is like the great combo. <laughs> and, uh, <you> know, <laughs> That's uh, that's the best. <laughs> I was
0: gonna suggest adding like Legos or crayons to like bring out that childlike wonder, but I'm okay with the beer too. I- okay, I- I'm on board.
4: Crayons, I'm, I'm I mean. fine with the Lego. <laughs> I'm fine with the Lego. We can combine it together. Yeah, I mean, like you know, for for for, for us and not like we we used it uh, quite recently for the Cisco Innovation Challenge. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard about it, but uh, you know, the Cisco mm-hmm. is inviting partners to submit uh, some of their uh, solutions or ideas. Um, and presented to Cisco Um, and uh, a few months ago, you know, we've been uh, like, you know, we definitely want to submit something, but what is it going to be? So uh, we actually took the design thinking approach to come with some ideas and uh, sort of narrow it down because obviously at the beginning we had like, you know, plenty of ideas and most of them were kind of like, yeah, you know, probably not going to succeed. You know, this is too weak or everyone going to do it. But then we sort of narrow it, and uh, we came into this one idea, which uh, we just submitted on Monday. So uh, you know, it was a, it was a great framework to sort of like work out uh, what we want to do, and uh, we're following exactly these three you know, stages. Uh, and uh, it was great fun. You know, it was it was a great way how to how to get some submission done.
1: Perfect. So, um, Matthias, we um, we also knew that you are leading your company to build up the software practices right and um working helping get...
3: just helping <laughs> helping okay <laughs> so you're, you're helping your company building up the software
1: practices um do you see in that initiative there's a space for design thinking and um... yeah yeah,
4: yeah. absolutely absolutely you know uh, what i like about the design thinking and, and this whole sort of the transition of the of the cisco partners nowadays is uh we used to be those partners who were like consuming the products from Cisco and we were sort of kind of like, you know, being told by Cisco what to sell and how to sell it. Now we're in a position where we are making our own products, where we are sort of like in the Cisco shoes, where we are like, you know, coming into the market and we can actually build our own products and, and sell it to our clients. And uh, that's exactly where we need this design thinking framework, uh, you know, we need to come with some, with some new products which has never been done before or there is a like a business opportunity uh, and exactly for these kind of the stuff. Uh, I like design thinking and I, I think it has a great value for partners in general, not just for us but for the partners as well.
1: Perfect. And um, Par, you have been doing a, a lot of cross architecture uh, cross domain architecture and network architecture work uh, in your solutions. Right. And do you want to give us some of the examples on where you see design thinking can help?
2: Oh, with cross architecture, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do a great job on that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, kind of like you need to bring together all kinds of different stakeholders to have an effective group. I I think most solutions nowadays to, to bring value need to be cross architecture so uh sticking to kind of the cisco ecosystem it's hard to imagine a solution that doesn't do things like integrate uh you know webex teams as a, a ui of sorts so immediately right out of the gate whether you're doing something in the data center or you're do, doing something on the network step one is you know how do i integrate Buttons and carts from WebEx teams into this solution as as a UI component versus a web UI. Um, So there's there's certainly that piece Um, plugging in uh, things like wireless location to enhance, uh, you know, things on the network side as well. And the the collaboration side are all kind of unique spaces um, where there's a lot of room to customize all sorts of different creative solutions for different problems.
3: Which actually goes back to what we talk about yeah, using design thinking to solve complex problems. Which again, as Paul is saying, I mean, comp- uh, if you're doing you know cross-domain, cross-architecture, that is definitely a complex problem. That it's not just a collaboration engineer plus uh, you know few of his colleagues. It's actually the collaboration engineer, the data center engineer, an architect, uh, the customer, the line of business person. So. Uh, again, it goes back to actually using design thinking as this sort of framework that you can use to solve those complex problems that involve a lot of people and you actually capture the feedback from all these uh, involving uh, involved engineers or, again, line of business or different people at the company.
1: Do you have any challenges when you're trying to bring in different functions into the workshop?
3: Is there any best practices that you want to share? I guess the most challenging is actually trying to bring the customer at the at the table because it's when you're part of the company, it's a little bit easier just to try to convince. But if you're trying to bring the customer, which is very valuable because you get their feedback or their insights uh, for this complex solution, that's the most challenging. Uh, what I found is if you actually do like a small, you know, a couple of hours workshop, very small thing. Just to get them excited, just to, you know, again, take him, uh, having them take a break of their day-to-day activities and say, hey, maybe if I think about it like this way, this problem that has been bugging me for a lot of years, uh, it's actually, uh, you know, maybe I have a creative solution to this. So if I expand and explore it a little bit more in a workshop, maybe I can come up with that solution. So I think that's the more challenging right now to actually get the customer involved. But uh, again, the strategy that at least we've used is trying to do a very small workshop, like you know, just one or two hours, something like that, and then uh, try to like plant that seed and get it from there.
4: And how about like different, different, different roles? Because I sorry, Paul. How about the different roles, like you know, sales and engineers in one room? How does it work?
3: <laughs> 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 well, I guess that again, that, that, uh if you actually. Uh, manage to take them to a different scenario from they're used to if they're not talking about hey this uh, customer problem or I have to give this sales presentation or I have to meet my quota or stuff like that if you actually have them like you know break down from their or take a break from their activities and join this kind of playful activity with colors and post-it notes and you know big you know, presentation uh, crayons whiteboards or stuff like or, <laughs> crayons or stuff like that it, it makes it easier to actually have them collaborate than the usual friction that you get from sales and engineering
1: i've seen in the past i've seen some really good dynamics when we bring different functions into a room um for example sales people can be really excited about like wow, you can do all of these capabilities for me. You can help me to make this real. Great. So they like to talk to the technologist uh, in the room. And similarly, some technologists feel so excited, like I've been coding this behind my desk for a long time. Now I'm hearing all these insights and how people at the field are thinking about the product and needs. It's also like eye-opening experience for them. So I can see that like really good partnership in our past workshops. Um, But back to the question of how can we help to bring the cross-functional people into the workshop and working together. I think there's a couple of tips that we can probably share. One is um, making sure that, you know, we have identified some of the design thinking advocates, right, in different functions. So, and take advantage of that. So that can help you to evangelize it and help you to find who are the right people that can bring into this topic this workshop. And contribute right number two is also over the time as we keep interacting with the customers and users we want to build a panel user panels or a pool of the selected um, customers and users that we can always go back to them invite them for design thinking workshops and also making sure that hey you know this is something they can also get an insight and view of where Cisco is heading how we are going to address the problem so it also help them to see the, the trends and the roadmap that you know that we are doing in Cisco. So again, I think this is the two tips that I want to share, and over the time, right, and hope that will help to you know build up your cross-functional teams easier and easier. Awesome, Edwin. I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna throw one last question at you. Um, Go ahead. Obviously, a lot of the uh, the tools and things that we've been talking about have been like crayons and whiteboards and post-it notes and and, and uh, you know, st- sticky dots. Um, for for anybody who's brand new to this and they go through and they read the book and they say this is great I want to give this a shot how should they adapt uh, some of the techniques to COVID times and having to do everything remotely How have you been successful with uh, translating your book into current practices?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I'm sure folks have already heard multiple times from Lauren, right, and that we want to bring some of these tools into the workshop and making sure it's really interactive, very hands-on, right? And very, you know, creative for people, right? Including, you know, playdons, crayons and, um, sticky notes, right? Dots to vote, etc., etc. But today, you know, when we are working from home, it becomes hard, right? So um, we need to find out the tools and some other digital alternatives that we can use to help carry out the workshop. Right, and when, every, when everyone is staying at home. So uh, a couple tools that we use um, pretty frequently when we do these virtual workshops, one for sure is the meeting tools, right? And um, For example, like WebEx, right? And making sure that we are connected with, you know, um, good quality of video and audio, right? The other tools that we also always use in Cisco is uh, MiroBot, so, um, this is a digital platform that we can do a lot of virtual sticky notes and dot voting and also using that to do some of the very hands-on activity, just like people doing that in person. right. And then the third thing is let's um, also trying to think about what are some of the activity, icebreak activities that we can bring into the virtual space. right And we can also do some you know um, drawing, scavenging hunt, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Right, and use that to help people think out of the box and bring their creativity into the workshop. So those are several tools um, that we've been using in our virtual workshops. Um, and also, I'm curious to hear from others, what are some of the tools that you would recommend and suggest to us?
4: I think those
2: beers uh, sounded
4: like a great <laughs> idea.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go have a beer right now with crayons. Yes,
4: beer, beer, that's it.
1: You don't need anything (laughs) else.
0: (laughs) Or coffee for those who are not into beer.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Coffee is good as well. We need to make sure folks who are listening to our um, podcast are about the age of the drinking, right? (laughs) So that we don't get in trouble with that. (laughs) If you're listening
0: to this podcast and you're under the legal drinking age in your country, obviously do not drink. But also send me an email because I'm fascinated to know what sort of minors are listening to our podcast. Okay, got that. Totally. Got weird. Okay, I promise I'm not creepy. I'm just creepy on the internet. You, you okay. are now on a list. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I know. Darn, it's not like I'm going to fly anywhere, anyways. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. I thought this was delightful and cool, and I learned a lot about thinking and design and design thinking. Uh, I want to thank you, Edwin. Um, I know I threw a few random curveballs at you, so and you didn't give me too much. Uh, Grief over that. And thank you, Jose, Matias, and Paul. And this has been another lovely episode of Cisco Champions Radio. And for those of you who are still listening, minors or not, you're welcome to uh, sign up for Cisco Champion Radio on whatever uh, podcast listening tool you like to use. We're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Stitcher, Spotify. We get around. All right. Thanks, everyone. Toodaloo. Bye bye.